Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Where to hunt podcast? It's okay. Hi, I'm Dan Small, host of Outdoor Wisconsin, and I listen to Where to Hunt. Nah, it's okay. I'm Kurt Geyer with Working Class Bow Hunter. I listen to Where to Hunt podcast, and it's decent. It's all right. Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right. Hey, everybody. We got a doubleheader this week. This is podcast number two this week coming at you. Uh, I'm Eric. Greg here, and if you're listening to us for a second night in a row... I don't know if we should apologize We're sorry. or whatever, but <laughs> if it hurt your ears the first time, it's probably not going to feel any better the second time. So do what you got to do. That's pretty funny. So this is the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts, aka the OKS podcast in the Midwest. And uh, today's July 1st. Happy July 1st, almost the 4th. Happy July. Hopefully everyone's uh, you know, going on a vacation and lighting off fireworks. Make sure you keep all your fingers and you drink some good beers or whatever it is you're into. Right. Yeah. And this is the OKS Hunter podcast studio. So be sure to head on over to OKSHunter.com. If you see anything you like, you can enter in code W2H podcast for 10% off. How about that? Nice. Do you want to, which one should I do for uh, Backwoods? We got two ads for them. You gotta pick one. Let's pick one. Let's pick the long one. Wake up and smell the coffee backwoods grind coffee that is now this ain't your fancy schmancy city boy coffee this is what your grandpappy used to drink and lucky enough for you loaf around slack asses they got a subscription service deliver any other six blends right to your door even a sampler i like the fireside blend nice and dark they got something to suit every one of your tastes, light to dark and everything in between. Backwoods Grind Coffee, for those who work hard and play harder. So, there's that. And if you, I I forgot to add the discount code to that one. So, uh, backwoodsgrind.com, W2H podcast for 10% off. And Gumleaf USA, so uh, John Eberhardt just made a big post on all of the saddle hunting forums on Facebook. And I was talking with Jack, who's the, the founder, and um, he said the traffic into his website just has been off the charts uh, as of last night into this morning. He's like, I wonder what he did. I was like, oh, here's what he did. He made a post. Yeah. Um, and then one of the comments was like, I've been hearing about these boots for a year. I'm finally about to pull the trigger. I'm like, where'd you hear about that? Yeah. Uh, so... He said, where to hunt and uh, truth in the stand. So it, it does take a little bit of time to kind of uh, get the attention of the market, but people are on to them now. And if you haven't heard of them, please go check them out. Watch their video, 85% natural rubber. Um, Iron sole. Yep. Just a uh, boot built to last for sure. I mean, you're, you want a good quality rubber boot. Now, granted, they're not great for cold, cold weather, but, you know, Archery season's coming up. If you like, uh, you got to cross a ditch or anything that's got some water and you're not above your knee, basically, these boots will fit the bill nicely. Absolutely. And last, but certainly not least, yeah, so, uh, our good friends, Vector Custom Shop. Yeah, Vector Custom Shop. If you're looking for a pair of or a set of arrows built to your spec, pretty much a custom built arrow, um, go check out VectorCustomShop.com. Uh, they'll pretty much build the arrow to whatever specifications you have. If you're you're hunting elk, you need a heavier arrow. If you want to hunt hogs, rabbits, white hogs, whatever, mm-hmm. they'll they'll build them to your your specifications. So if, if you decide you want to try a couple different ones, you can start out with the test pack. It's a two arrow test pack. 
uh, built build two different ones or two of the same so you can see how they fly uh, half dozen or a dozen and uh, they'll get you set up if you decide you want to go check them out vectorcustomshop.com and you hit the uh, order button and you need to put in a discount code the word where number two hunt where to hunt will give you 10 percent off it's a, it's a good saving. So that's it. That's all we got for sponsor call-outs. And this will be a bit of an abbreviated episode today. Uh, so we're not going to hear from eHunter or DeerVane. Um, they give us some content for the Tuesday show. Uh, I might chime in. Maybe I'll read some headlines from eHunter. Maybe I'll do a tip of the week again. Although you guys, as you know, my tip of the week compared to Anthony's is <laughs> trash. <laughs> so certainly not nearly as practical. But, um, you know, without, we'll just stop yammering. Let's yeah. uh, bring our guest on. Today on the line with us, we have Chris Ham. The, uh, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the president of HHA Sports. Well, my mom is technically still president, I think. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm vice president of operations. So I'm, I, I've got a, I've got a good title. That is a good title. Mm-hmm. That's a, I mean, you've earned it, right? You don't just, you don't just get to have that so. title. I'm, yeah. No, they, they don't just hand those things out, so no. <laughs> I think, who's that, Google? I think Google or Facebook, one of the two does that, where they, like, give you whatever title you want because it's, like, a negotiating tactic. So, like, well, if you want this title, we can give that title rather than give you the, the money that comes with that title. It's interesting. Interesting concept. Interesting, yeah. We're not Google, so yeah. <laughs> not yet. Thank goodness. Yeah, well, hopefully you got some good right, data. right. Goodness. Well, hey, thanks for, for we, we've been talking for like quite a while and uh, we had you lined up a while back, but, you know, uh, COVID struck and all sorts of stuff. So we're really happy that you're here today, um, you know, virtually, so to speak. And why don't you take a sec to tell the folks listening who you are? Yeah. Um, well, like I said, VP of operations for HHA Sports. So I'm sure a lot of your Wisconsin-based listeners know HHA is the, the optimizer, guys. We build primarily single pin bow sites. Um, We've been in business since 1984. My my late father started HHA 36 years ago, um, and it's the only job I've ever had. I started working for him when I was nine, so um, I've never had a job interview in my life, and and basically been working from home since I was nine years old. So um, very blessed and fortunate to be able to do that, work in a family business, uh, and it's yeah, it, it's been a lot of fun and. Uh, he just passed away. It'll be a year ago on Friday. So kind of an emotional week for us at HHA Goodness. just to kind of reflect back on his legacy and, um, you know, what we're carrying on, uh, what he started. So, um, and it seems like just in the last year or so since he passed, I've been kind of stepping back and reflecting more just on how, how much we've accomplished and just how fortunate we've been with all of our success. So, yeah. What an interesting way to reflect and right around a holiday weekend too. Um, sorry for your loss. And it sounds like uh, he's a great man. Yeah, he really was. I mean, he, uh, he was 82 years old when he passed away. So I mean, he definitely lived a long, fruitful life and got to see his, his dream come from, from nothing. I mean, it's the, for the people that haven't heard it, it's the modern day success story of the guy that kind of started with nothing and in an idea and a passion for archery. And it, it took a lot of scratching and clawing and, and ups and downs, but he finally, he finally made it to the top of the mountain. And I'm just thankful that he was able to see the, the fruits of his labor for all those years. And even though the last few years of his life weren't, weren't some of the best ones, he, uh, he still was able to, to really take in everything that, uh, that he accomplished in the archery industry. And, um, unfortunately he did have a heart attack back in 96. And so that was pretty much the last trade show that he went to. So, um, that was, I think that was the year right after the optimizer came out. So, um, those first 10 years were pretty lean and we didn't really have a lot of, a lot of success. And so, um, he never got to experience firsthand the, you know, that trade show buzz when we come out with a new product, he didn't, he didn't get to witness that, but obviously he got to see it virtually through the, through the phones ringing in the house and, and seeing the size of the UPS bills every week that, uh, when the driver would come up the driveway and take 50 or 60 boxes of his inventions down the driveway. So it was, it was pretty cool just to be able to, uh, to kind of sit back and reflect on that here this week. And um, we actually just got put on the cover of Inside Archery. Um, I know oh, you fantastic. guys will follow me on Facebook, and I posted that on my personal page this morning. We were very humbled by by that honor. So there's a really cool picture of him and then my brother and myself uh, on the cover of Inside Archery this month. And really nice, nice article that they did for us. So just a, 
a great honor and uh you know how ironic that uh that that thing just hit our doorsteps two days ago so pretty uh pretty neat like i said a reflective time for us and um but but a lot of positive stuff going on at hha so how have you um kind of taken the reins what have you done you know to for that handoff um you know what what has your role been to kind of get you guys to where you're at because it's hard to not notice you guys obviously we just talked about you being on the magazine cover and and like you know we we listen to a lot of other podcasts too like obviously the working class guys down in illinois um there i think that's probably where i first heard about you to be quite honest um i think they did a tour of your facility and i was like oh the, this, this company's in wisconsin i'm here in wisconsin i didn't i didn't realize but greg i'm sure he's known about you for many yeah, years I mean, he's my dad's been an archery hunter i just messaged him this morning just thinking back i was born in 80 so 84 i was four years old when that when your guys company started up and trying to remember what dad was hunting with back then and i, I just messaged him I'm like hey when did you buy your first compound and he's like oh that was like 77 like, okay and uh i don't remember what brand bow he bought and then all of a sudden he bought a, a york cnc one york is a, another company that's gone they're, they're no longer in business they made it big into the 90s, yep. and then they just disappeared. But a well-built bow, I thought. He killed a lot of deer with it. But I just remember the sights that he was putting on there. It was the old Cobra T-bracket with the brass pins. And then the next big thing was a lighted sight pin from, I don't know if it was True Glow or who it was. It was somebody that probably was in business for a short amount of time. And then he stepped Yeah, there was actually a company... I'm sorry. There was a no. company out of Michigan called Hawkeye. We were we were shooting those lighted pins for a I while think before that's we got into the site business ourselves. Yep, so. Hawkeye, or I think he even bought a couple of cheap Cobra ones too. Once upon a time, and then then he bought a Matthews. Uh, I think it was a a Feather Max or something, and then he put an HHA optimizer on it, and that was like the first time I'd ever seen a single pin sight like that where you could move it up and down. And he still has it. It's it's a it's not all aluminum like all your new stuff is now. It was more plastic. And I don't know if that was okay. If it was probably one of the earlier ones or where how he ended up with it, but I'm familiar with the product 100. percent And what's I think is even cooler yet is yeah. the fact that it's made here in Wisconsin, not far from where we're at. Right. Yeah. No. I think that site that your dad had was probably our infringer, which was a plastic version of our optimizer that came out in the sure. late late nineties. And we had that for maybe eight or so, maybe eight or 10 years, but then we just realized everybody wanted the aluminum version. So the, the plastic one kind of went by the wayside. But, sounds about right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But just to answer your question, as far as how, you know, my role and how I transitioned into that, um, my older brother, Brian does all of our engineering. So I'm, I'm 45, he'll be 58 here in October. So, um, the first seven or eight years that dad was in business, he was doing everything. He was doing the marketing. He was answering the phones. He was designing products. Um, but the plan was always for, for the two sons to come back and work once the business got big enough. Well, 1991 rolls around and we get into making caliper releases. And at that time we were, we didn't have our own machine house. We were buying everything from a, from a secondary supplier. So our profit margins were not that good. And, um, Dad could see that the, the sales were starting to come, so he invited my brother to come back to work. He had been working at the train company over in La Crosse as an engineer over there. So fall of 91, uh, my brother comes back to work. That would have been my sophomore year of high school, freshman year of high school. Um, and so then uh, 1996, I graduate from tech college, two-year degree in tech college. And five months later, Dad has a heart attack, and he's literally, had he not been in the hospital, he would have he would have left us two and a half decades sooner than he did. Wow. So that was, uh, that was kind of a, kind of a welcome to the party for me. I mean, I obviously I'd been around the business for a dozen years, but I mean, I was pretty, still pretty green, but I mean, most of the stuff that I learned, I learned from him and not from a, from a book in school. No, no discredit to the teachers that I learned from, cause I did have some good ones, but most of the, most of the learning I did was on the job. And I, at that point I was, I was thrown right into the fire. Um, my brother was obviously designing this stuff, but I, I started to learn the ins and outs of, of running the business as far as the financial side and purchasing parts and things like that. So um, at 21 years old, I'm I'm essentially sliding into dad's chair while he's he's on the mend healing from his heart attack. So um, that's kind of how that whole thing started, you know, 24 years ago. So and then I 
they had recovered and, and was able to, as he used to put it, steer the ship. You know, he, uh, he put my brother and I in place to kind of replace him at some point. Um, but yet he was still, still sitting back and, and had the ultimate stamp of approval on the budgets and making decisions. But then he, he would give us a, gave us a little bit more, more authority and more leeway as, as time went by. And then probably the last, I would say probably the last five, six years of his life, he pretty much just stepped back and let us do our thing because he, you know, he had trained us very well and, and our success was, was speaking for itself because we've got, you know, we've got such a great team of employees around us. It's not just us. We've got, uh, well, my sister works for us and then we've got, um, we have 27, 28 people on the payroll right now. So yeah, we've got 30 plus people that, that make HHA go down the tracks every day. And every one of them is, uh, is important as important as the next one. That's cool. That's really cool. Are you pulling most of your talent pool out of, uh, like the Madison area or, uh, based on your location? No, I mean, we're, we're in Wisconsin Rapids, so we're an oh. hour north of the Dells. So everybody yeah, pretty bad. much comes, everybody pretty much comes from, I, I don't know, even know if we have anybody living out of town anymore. So Wisconsin Rapids is a community of about 20,000. Um, and, you know, there's a couple other smaller cities around it. So, you know, general pop might be 40,000, but yeah, everybody is, is pretty much homegrown and lives around here. So How crazy. One, one idea of one man is literally making the economy of a, of a single town buzz more and, and giving people a living it's i love i love how that evolves and how that works and i like that you have a strong team i mean it's the teamwork really does make the dream work it's like you can't do much by yourself it's the people around you that really help uh, lift everything up absolutely not i mean yeah my dad and my brother and i are the are the three guys that are on the cover of this magazine that just came out but we would be absolutely nothing without the without the 30 people that don't have their face on they're doing what they do every day so i think you remind me a bit there's a book called good to great um and it talks about leadership where you know a good leader is some that you know rather than pointing uh in a mirror to see themselves and taking credit for everything they're pointing out a window to their team and it sounds like you're that type of leader which is the better type and uh Sounds like they're lucky to have you. Well, yeah, and I wasn't always this way. I mean, I was. Uh, I went through a period where where our success kind of went to my head a little bit, and I got a little selfish. And and God had a very direct way of of putting me back in my place. And so, the, while while I've always been a good people person, my leadership skills have improved drastically in the last half dozen years. And I I not to toot my own horn, but I mean, I'm constantly praising my employees and and just thanking them for what they do. Cause if it wasn't for them, you know, you and I wouldn't be having this podcast and I'd be, I'd be working for somebody else. No, exactly. You have to do that because your employees, you don't know what they're going through at home or whatever. And it always comes to work with them. So if you can just give them a pat on the back and just come up to them and say, Hey, you're doing a great job. That can really go a long way. It can turn a bad day into good. You bet it can. I mean, that can make all the difference in, in somebody's day when the when the owner or the boss comes down and just takes two minutes out of their day to say, hey, we, we appreciate what you're doing. Keep up the good work. That uh, A lot of times that means more than a raise to somebody. Yep. It does. Yeah, that, that information goes a long way. Well, tell us a little bit about some of the, the products. And we talked about, um, you know, just some of the history a little bit there uh, about the optimizers. But, like, what what else do you guys have going on? What... Uh, should the folks listening, uh, you know, tune into what should they be aware of? Yeah. I mean, anybody that knows HHA probably has an optimizer or has seen one. Um, and I mean, that product's been out for almost 25 years and, and by no means had it ran its course, but we just felt last year that we needed to kind of come out with, with optimizer 2.0. And so back in 2018, we came out with a Tetra site um, and Tetra, I believe it's either Greek or Roman, but it means four. And it was our fourth generation of the optimizer at the time. We'd kind of gone through different different versions over the years. And so so Tetra was four and and that product, I, I don't know if it was just a perfect storm, right place, right time, but uh, 2018 was our best year on record. We, we could not make those things fast enough and people just loved them. And then 2019 was just kind of a down year in archery and, and we had a little bit of an off year ourselves and it was a it was a personal struggle, obviously, with losing dad midway through the season. So, so the the high that we were on in 2018 kind of gave way to to not such a good year, and then and then a bad bad thing happening, obviously, in the middle of last summer when we lost dad. So, um, we had had come with the idea to kind of rebrand our movable sites into this Tetra line, 
um, and then customers, consumers will see on our website and at, at retail shops, you know, the optimizer is still alive and well. There's still a couple brands there, but we're really, really pushing this new Tetra series. And the main thing that sets it apart from the optimizer is that um, I know, you know, if any of you guys have set those up, set an optimizer up in the past, when you when you do to go to do your rough elevation adjustment, you have to move the scope from one set of holes to the next. Well, the nice thing we did on that Tetra is we put an infinite slide in there. So now you can get max range out of it and you're not married to jumping from one set of holes to the other. Nice. Um, and the consumer really, really liked that. So you, you mean you don't have to bring the um, Allen wrench along could, with you? Well, you need the Allen wrench to loosen some things up. But you well, no, you, you, yeah. you, you still need, you still need Allen wrenches. Once you, once you get the scope locked in, then at that point, then you can, uh, you can toolessly adjust the site left and right and up and down, but you still do need wrenches to obviously get it on the bow. And then just to get that scope and it's rough, it's rough initial adjustment spot. So Got it. Good, good clarification there. And what sets you guys apart from yeah. other uh, manufacturers in, in the space? What is your differentiator for, because there might be some folks that don't know. Um, I mean, your big competition. Yeah, I mean, we've got, yeah, I mean, we've got a handful of, you know, there's obviously a lot of site companies out there, but I mean, our, our stuff is all made in America. And I mean, you look on the back of these packages nowadays and there's, there's not many of us left. I mean, I can count probably on one hand and maybe a couple fingers, the number of site companies that are still making their stuff stateside. There's just, there's not many of us left. Um, so that's something that we've always hung our hat on is our, our made in America. I mean, most of the stuff we source 95% of our materials right here in Wisconsin. I mean, otherwise we might get some stuff from Minnesota, Illinois, Michigan, but I mean, all of our, all of our raw materials for everything that we produce, which we do 99% of that in-house is all done in the Midwest here. So, um, you know, that made in, made in America means a lot to us. And then our warranty is something that, um, I mean, my dad started that back in the, back when the caliper releases were coming out. I mean, we, we would have an occasional one that, you know, would misfire people were having issues with it and, and the dealer would call or a customer would call and they'd want to send it back. And my dad would say, no, just, just throw it in the garbage. We'll, we'll have another one in the mail to you tomorrow. And two days later, the guy's calling back and he can't believe how fast we got him a replacement. So um, our, our warranty is something that always, um, that's probably the cheapest form of advertising that we've ever had is just taking care of customers that spend their hard-earned money on our product. That's nice. There's not, it seems like, it, especially in today's day and age, that is, uh, you know, unfortunately a big differentiator. You know, there's so many people trying to outsource things and trying to, you know, protect margins and, and not even necessarily trying to rate people over the coals, but that's what ends up happening. And it's a pretty crummy feeling when you get taken care of poorly like that. So when it goes the other direction in an extreme polar opposite, it's, it's like, Oh, it's such a relief, you know, and you brag about it. There's, there's only like a handful of companies just in the, in the you know retail consumer space that I would talk incredibly highly of just because it was such a positive experience. You know, I'll just go toting them out. You call and you get a human being and they take care of you and things like that. It goes a long, long way. Yeah, no. And that was another thing I was going to mention too. I mean, granted now we've got, you know, I think we've got four or five lines coming into the building just because of the, the volume of calls that we get. But I mean, regardless, if, if you have to be put on hold, you're going to get our our beautiful elevator music with the guy with the, you know, radio show voice talking about our products. But but the initial contact is always a live person and we're going to take care of that, you know, as much as we can. And if they can't help you, they're going to they're going to park you for a minute and get you to the right person. But um, that's something that just always irritated my dad. Anytime he was calling somewhere and he got put on hold or, or got the automated thing, he would, I think he went through a few telephone receivers over the years from spiking it on his desk. So <laughs> we, uh, we all have, it, yeah. it was, it was a long time before we finally put that automated system in and we just, we had to, but, sure. uh, like I said, you're, you're still going to get a live, very friendly, live, knowledgeable person when you call us and, um, That's important. And just to kind of reflect too on what you talked about with the with the warranty thing. I mean, we're all consumers ourselves too. So, so running a business, you know, we're out buying products, and and so we want to support brands that you spend five hundred bucks on something, and if something goes wrong, well, somebody's going to take care of it for you, and they're going to make it right. So, um, we 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 try to use a lot of our own experiences out in the out in the world, whether it be hunting in a tree stand or, or interacting with somebody at the hardware store. And we try to apply those things to, to running our business. That makes sense. It's a, it's a good way to, to do that. I remember when I was in college, I worked at a call center and we'd always do some sort of exercise before we clocked in for the day or before we like jumped on calls. And, um, you know, one of the things we had done is like, tell us about some 
good or bad experiences you've had as a consumer out in the world, because that's what you're about to go work and go do right now. And so you need to be aware of what you're going to sound like to people on the, on the, on the phone. And they, they put a mirror up by everybody in customer service and they said, people can hear your smile. So if you look in the mirror and you're not, you're not smiling, like you might sound like an a-hole. <laughs> right. So oh, absolutely. absolutely. It's easy enough to catch them on a bad day. They're already having a problem with your product. And then if you come off as, as not, not too friendly on the phone, it's not going to go well. So, and I can, I can attest no, we, to No, we've been. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say we bend over backwards to keep our customers happy. And I mean, I'm not going to, not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, we do have, we do have complaints from time to time. And, and when we do, we, we make it right. And um, I mean, that's one of the, you know, we, we try to make everything as perfect as we po- as we possibly can, but we aren't perfect. And when we, when we do make mistakes, we make them right. And if it's something that's reoccurring, you know, then we, then we go down to the machine shop and, and make changes and make sure that, uh, that everything's exactly the way it's supposed to be. So. Yeah, it's good to go. What are you guys doing from an innovation standpoint? Like, obviously, you know, you were, you're, in my mind, you're market leaders, right? You're, you're um, a category king to some degree. And how are you, you know, maybe not necessarily how, I don't, I don't know how the sausage is made, but like, what are some things you're doing to innovate? Obviously, we just talked about um, being able to, you know, um, you know, adjust the, the riser without having to take the bolts out and move to a new set of holes. I think that's actually pretty darn incredible. So for folks that didn't know that, like, that's a pretty big deal. For someone like me, I hate monkeying around with stuff like that. And then it just makes the process that much longer to get it all dialed in. Uh, is there anything else on the, on the horizon or anything else that you guys are doing as a, as a, as a business to uh, innovate and stay ahead of the curve? I mean, as far as the sites go, I mean, we I think it was last year, um, we've been advertising with, uh, with archery business and bow hunting world for years. And they've got a, a reader's choice mode that takes place every fall. Um, and I think it was 16 in a row last year that we got uh, the gold award, which is the highest award for single oh. pin site of the year. So, um, you know, the, it has evolved. If you look at what a 2020 optimizer looks like versus a one from 2004, there has been changes, but I mean, the, the, the basic concept and inner workings of it are the same. It's just, you know, we've, we've made them lighter. We've made them smaller. We've made them faster, just like a, a cell phone or a computer. We've tried to do everything we can to, uh, to spice them up, but, Sure, refine them. Um, probably the probably the yeah probably probably the biggest thing, and I think this goes back to uh, 2015 when we launched our Kingpin site. Um, if you guys are familiar with our Ultra series, that came out in 07, and that was the first site that actually had a a wheel on it with a tape wrapped around it. So for for your listeners that don't know how our tape system works, you essentially sight in at 20 and 60 yards, and then we give you an array of tapes that will most likely work for your bow setup. Um, and sites you in by the yard from 20 out to 100. Uh, and that's something that uh, is kind of our claim to fame. There's a lot of other tape systems out on the market, but this was a, a patented system that my dad came up with in the mid-2000s. Um, but that being said, the, um, as the quivers started to get closer to the bow, uh, that ultra sight with the wheel on the rear end started to interfere with a lot of the quivers. And, and so we weren't, we weren't the first ones to do this. One of our competitors did, but they started to put the wheel out in front of the bow. So then the, even though it's an adjustable movable site, uh, it, it essentially mounts to the bow like a fixed frame site would. So now there's no more quiver interference. So we, we did that in, in 2015 with the uh, Kingpin. And then as I spoke about earlier, that Tetris site we came out with in 2018 also had that, uh, that front wheel on it. And that, um, you know, that, that would be our latest innovation, even though, like I said, it wasn't something that we, we, can claim uh claim rights on but um yeah they're just even even being one of the owners of the company we were obviously always looking to improve our sites but it's 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 getting more and more difficult to to improve something that that is pretty rock solid already if that makes sense yeah it's like you know fine tuning is way harder than just entering into something i'm not a golfer but if because i'm not if i were to start golfing tomorrow you know, I would go from knowing nothing to probably being able to hit a ball down the fairway pretty good. And But if I were to continue at the sport for 10 years, it's that fine tuning that becomes really, really challenging. You know, now you're now you're making inc- incremental moves for, um, you know, you're just getting really tight into it. It's different. You're not going to have these dramatic improvements anymore. You're going to have to like really tweak very specific things. Yeah. And I mean, one thing we did this year and on top of that, uh, 
that infinite adjust that I spoke about, uh, every Tetra series site has a, a molded plastic site acquisition ring where the level snaps into it. So that, that differs from our optimizer series and that, you know, the levels are glued into that one and it's a, it's a round fluorescent decal um, that allows you to do that. And again, that's not anything that, that we can take ownership of that's been done for years by other companies. But it, when we decided to kind of come with 2.0 version, it just made sense to, to add that enhancement to it as well. So, um, and the response to the new product has been phenomenal. Uh, I think it's something that the, the dealers and the consumers were kind of clamoring for for years because as much as they love their optimizer, they kind of wanted to see the next, the next best thing. So um, I think we definitely delivered on it. And then unfortunately, you know, we, we got shipping a little bit late. We didn't start shipping new product till the end of February. And then 30 days later, we got, we got shut down from, uh, from the C word for a couple months. So <laughs> yeah. that was, that was a little frustrating, but we, uh, we were able to navigate through that. And, and it appears that we're coming out the other end and, and into a very hungry market. It seems like the, the industry as a whole has been talking to, other manufacturers and talking with dealers and, and talking to people at my archery shoots that I do. I mean, people are, people are anxious to get back outside and they're anxious to do it with bows and arrows, which is a win-win for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. People are flocking outdoors. It seems I, I would have to agree with that. And you can see the, the numbers I'm sure. And, and just so it doesn't go without saying I have, um, I can't speak to exactly which site pin I have. I'm like the worst person when it comes to technicalities. It's ter- I probably, I bother Greg. He just gave me a scolding look. Uh, <laughs> But it was really easy to sight in. I will tell you that. Hey, Craig, what do I have? Yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> you drive a Ford. That's what you have. <laughs> yeah, which model? I don't know. <laughs> what engine's in there? Gets me a point A, a point B. Um, but there's something interesting that you kind of uh, have involved yourself with that I think is definitely worth talking about. You do a lot for the veteran community. Maybe we should shift gears and, and touch on that. Um, you know, we're, we're half hour in, so I want to make sure that we can learn more about that and, and find ways to help other people participate. I know you're doing a lot of events and things like that. Yeah, we are. And I mean, that's something that uh, my whole, I, I'm not a veteran myself, um, but I just, I've always had a great respect for, you know, the men and women that serve our country. And if, if they wouldn't do their job, we wouldn't have ours is basically my feeling in a nutshell. So um, we started a military discount five or six years ago. Uh, just because we'd started getting more and more requests from servicemen and women for a, for a military discount. So we, we do that either factory direct or through our dealerships. And that's something that they've been very appreciative of. Um, and then around that same time, um, we've got a few, uh, you know, I'll call them celebrities or athletes that have come to us over the years, you know, through different connections. Um, and one of those guys that I met was Jonathan Lucroy back when he was still catching for the Brewers. Cool. And Jonathan was very, very passionate about veterans, and he actually went on the honor flight out of Milwaukee. Um, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. I think we've, you know, in some of our previous conversations, have talked about that. But for people that aren't familiar with honor flight, it's it's a all expenses day trip to Washington D.C. and then Virginia to see the memorials erected in in their honor. So they send World War II, Korean, Vietnam vets. Um, and Lucre went on that shortly. I might have my timing wrong on this, but it was right around the time he made his first all-star team. Hmm. And um, I was texting him one night. I'll never forget this. Like an article popped up in our local paper about him going on the honor flight. And I said, you know, tell me about this. And I had, I had seen it a little bit on our local news, but never really looked into it much. And he's like, dude, this is hands down the coolest thing that I've ever done in my life. He's like, you got to check it out. And I'm like, okay, this guy just made his first all-star team and he's putting that kind of down at the bottom of the heap compared to this honor flight thing. So um, I started as a ground volunteer up here in Wausau and just absolutely fell in love with the organization and what they were about. Um, I mean, a lot of these Vietnam vets did not get the welcome home that they deserved. Um, You know, they were spit on, they had to take their fatigues off before they even got off the bus and they just, they weren't treated the way that they should have been. No. And you go to an honor, you go to an honor flight, welcome home. And I mean, it, it gives me goosebumps every time I walk into one of those things. I mean, there's literally a thousand people in the airport with flags and there's a marching band and the color guard is there. And it's just, it's, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. That's the only, only way I can describe it. I don't know if you guys have ever had the opportunity to go to one. No, but I, so in my family, I have, two uncles that were Vietnam vets and my wife's got an uncle that was also a Vietnam vet that 
experienced uh, one a very rough time. He was the only one in his platoon that made it out alive. And the welcome that he got when he came home was less than satisfactory, to say the least. And he got to go on an honor flight, I believe, last year. And my uncle got to go on the honor flight last year. So it was a pretty big deal. Wow, and how how did that shift their their perspective as far as how they were perceived in the in the public eye? Did it kind of um, did it did it welcome them home a little bit? I think my my uncle, my blood uncle, yes, uh, he was he was pretty pretty happy with with what he got to see. Um, my wife's uncle, he's a hard man to read, and he's been literally through hell. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't even explain what he's been through. Only he can, sure. and he, and he only gives very little detail because he just—he's a humble guy, and he—he he went through hell. But yeah, I, yeah, I think I, can't, I, I think can't, he, I don't think any of us sitting here can imagine no, that. No, so. no, not even close. No, it just makes me sad to even think about it. But um, I think he's better. I think he's better off that he got to go and see see the wall and find, you know, his fallen comrades. And I'm sure there's probably people there that didn't make the wall because they never found them or they were lost or who knows, but. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, just me as a civilian, I've, I've been able to, I've been fortunate enough to go on the flight twice myself as a guardian, once for a, a World War II veteran and then once uh, with my father-in-law. And I mean, it's, if you get a chance, go. Uh, that's all I can say. I can't even put it into words. It's sure. outside of my wedding. It's probably one of the best days of my mm. life. Mm. That's a big deal. So what are you doing, you know, as a result of so, that kind of springboard, where has that taken you? Well, I was, as I said, I volunteered for our local uh, chapter for a couple of years and I was driving home from the airport one night. And that morning I had met another volunteer who happened to be on the board of directors for a local archery club up in Wausau. And that same night, I ran into a guy. I was I was directing traffic out by the by the, by the crosswalk to get into the parking lot. I was talking to a, a civilian that had a bar in Wausau, and he had done a fundraiser that previous summer and raised like five grand, and he gave all the money to the honor flight. So I went about my duties, and I'm driving home that night, and I'm thinking, okay, I just met this guy that's got a, a connection at the local archery club, and this other guy had a business and decided to hand over a bunch of money. So I started thinking, how can I? how can I use HHA and our success and our popularity and the connections that I've made over the years to help out this awesome organization that I love so much. So long story short, I, I contacted one of our local archery shops. I contacted our local archery club and the club of this gentleman that I had met on the, on the flight that morning in the following spring, we had three archery shoots and we raised 15 grand. Hmm. Wow. And, and that grew, that was 2017. So 2018, those same three archery shoots raised 30 grand. You just doubled. Wow. That's amazing. And then last year, last year we added one more shoot and that number went up to 45,000. So, I mean, in three years time, I, I basically took 10 weekends out of, of the last three years of my life and used my connections in the industry to, to give back to the veteran community. And we raised 90 grand for our honor flight chapter. But in the process of doing that, some of the attendees at the shoots or, you know, would ask me, well, hey, when are you going to come down here? When are you going to come down there? So um, <laughs> I had essentially just been working as a volunteer for this local honor flight chapter. So at that point, I decided to start my own nonprofit in HHA USA. And now I've got a mobile entity that I can take anywhere in the state of Wisconsin because we've got six, five or six honor flight chapters in the state. Um, and so now this year... Um, one one of our events we we had to back out of, but we uh, were actually doing eight events this year across the state of Wisconsin. Six of those um, in the central part of the state here. That the monies from that will be going back to to Never Forgotten Honor Flight out of Wausau. Um, we're doing an event this weekend in Wapaka at the Chain of Lakes Conservation Club, and that money will all go back to the um, Old Glory Honor Flight, which is based out of Appleton and Green Bay. And then we've got a shoot in Sparta, just a few miles from uh, where Matthews is at. Uh, the weekend after that and that'll all plug into the lacrosse chapter so um this thing is growing i mean it's uh obviously i've got a business to run first and foremost and, and this is my side passion but um projects like this attract mm -hmm. like-minded people and so i've had just in the last three years i've had a, a handful of 
people that have stepped up and, and now they're volunteering at almost every shoot. And I can see this at some point branching out where I might have a, you know, maybe I've got a Western part of the state director and, a, and an Eastern one. And, you know, who knows at some point we might have 15 or 20 of these things across the state every year to, to help raise money for our veterans. That'd be awesome. What a great way to do it though, too. And, and the association is, is nice to have that, you know, it's coming back to HHA in some form or fashion, but at the end of the day, the bottom line is you're, you're giving to this organization. That's like you said, it's, it's short of your wedding. It's the best day of your life. And and that's for you. You didn't serve, you know, and, and so for the folks that have, it's gotta be quite literally one of the absolute best days of their lives. And the fact that you're helping make that become a reality for them is incredible. I mean, a lot of people might just pocket that money, you know, and, and say, forget it. We can put this right back into the bottom line of the business and blah, 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 blah. But it's, it's pretty cool to see what you're doing. I mean, your time's valuable too. So you're spending your time doing that stuff. It's, uh, man, it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, no, it's something I love to do it. I mean, another thing that, um, that also is on my heart about veterans is the 22 a day. I mean, everybody's heard of the 22 veterans. Just started mine today. So, so when I, uh, when I started HHA USA, I made a pledge to, we actually partnered with three other veterans nonprofits, um, Wounded Warriors in Action, which was started by an army ranger out of Oshkosh. He now resides in Florida, but uh, those guys, and then a group called the Neestead Foundation that was started by a man named James Neestead. He was in the, in the Delta Force back in the 80s. And then um, the E3 Ranch Foundation, which was started by Adam LaRoche, who's a, a former baseball player, part of the Buck Commanders. We, we, I've known Adam for 10 plus years and just an awesome stand-up guy and and all three of those organizations specialize in getting service men and women out into the outdoors hunting and fishing to combat ptsd and so if hha usa raises 50 grand this year the, the top 22 percent that i raise we're going to divide that equally into those three buckets and and do our part to raise awareness for ptsd and and hopefully help you know, some, some men and women that are struggling with some of their demons from, from war and getting a, getting a bow and arrow or a, or a gun in their hand and getting them out into the woods or, or a fishing rod and getting them into a boat and, and just getting their mind off of things. So I love that. That's, it's medicine that's a big deal. Yep. They need it more than they know or don't know. It's a, it's a very powerful way to overcome some of that stuff. Uh, one of our friends, one of the guys that calls into the show quite a bit, he's with, uh, our dent archers, uh, Kyle, Mindiola, he's, he's a vet and, uh, you know, he's helping kind of combat some of that same stuff, the, the PTSD and the suicide awareness. And, um, he's working on a couple of things. He's, he's one man, you know, up in, up in the Northwoods, Wisconsin, but he's a big fan of the, the word to hunt podcast. So it'd be remiss if I didn't call him out for his efforts there too, is doing what he can in, in small ways, but, uh, he's got a big heart when it comes to that stuff. And the more of that we can do, the better. I had just, someone just tagged me in the 22 uh, a day for 22 days. So I just started this morning, which I'm, I was like, wow, man, I'm out of shape here. Yeah. I'm out of breath after 22 measly pushups, but it helps get the word out there to, to spread that awareness. That's what we're going to do every morning for the next 22 days. No, it sure does. And I mean, one of those organizations that I just mentioned, they had a, they had a turkey hunt here in Wisconsin a few years back and uh, had brought a veteran in and the, the gentleman had just a rough, rough five day go of things and he didn't have any luck until the very last hour of the last day of his hunt he was able to take a, a pretty nice tom and he told the guide on his way back to the to the hotel that they were staying at he said this hunt saved my life he said i was going to go oh. home and kill myself oh my gosh how do you you would never stop doing what I mean, you're doing that, after hearing that I, I and again i just i get goosebumps when i tell that story and i mean if if we can have one if we can impact one life and I don't know how long I'm going to be doing this. I mean, as long as the good Lord keeps me here, this is going to be my, this is going to be my life mission outside of running my business. This is, this is what I was put here to do. I was here to help our veterans. And if, if I can have one story like that, everything that I'm doing and all the weekends that I give up to do this is going to be worth it. hundred percent completely worth it without a doubt unequivocally. Um, man, I'm just, I'm glad we're talking to you, Chris. Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> it's, it's I'm glad to, we're talking too. it's good to see people put things, you know, into perspective and, and, uh, well, you got a high regard for human life. Yeah. Too. You're you a know? good, you're a good human. Well, and, and I mean, I, I, I wasn't always, I mean, I, I had a persona that I, that I had put out there with, with my role in HHA and I wasn't always, I wasn't always this guy. So, um, I wasn't a bad person, but I definitely wasn't, I, I was living my life for myself. 
What's the what's the quote? Not a lot. There, there's not a. There, Go ahead. Oh gosh, I'm so bad at interrupting. My God, I am the well. Yeah, I'm really good at yeah. it. But <laughs> there's a quote: "The years teach us what the days never knew." Right. So what you get out of the years, you look back, and the day to day stuff, you 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 might be one person, but suddenly you look back, and and you get a whole new perception. And I think that's the I don't know, to some degree, it's the definition of wisdom. You get wiser. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I mean, you you definitely get more wise. And I mean, I was I was going to say, I mean, you you don't get a lot of happiness out of trying to make yourself happy because you can do it. You can, you can have a successful business. You can make a lot of money. You can go on trips all over the place. You can buy a new house. But at the end of the day, to me, I I get extreme joy from giving that away and from helping other people. That's, that's where real, that's where, that's where life change begins. When you, when you realize that you were put here to help other people and you do that, no salary in the world can, can match that feeling. True. Yeah, go watch Groundhog's Day for anyone that hasn't, and that's that's the that movie right. sums up that lesson pretty good, I think. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Philosophy well, no, it's, in college. it's been a lot of fun, and I mean, we're we're uh, we're so fortunate. We've got so many great sponsors, and I mean, I call them sponsors because they they just essentially send us product to to put out on these auctions at these shoots. But um, it's it's an archery shoot with a twist. I mean, uh, people people love coming to them. They uh, they obviously love the cause. And, and I can honestly see it. And again, I'm, I'm humble enough to not think that I'm going to single-handedly save the archery clubs in the state of Wisconsin or in this country. But I've seen a, a little bit of a renewed interest in archery shoots as a result of this. It seems like, you know, people might be busy, but they're like, oh, the HHA USA shoot's coming up this weekend. We, we got to go to that because it's, it's for a good cause. So I'm, I'm hoping that by what I'm doing, I'm hoping that other people will kind of pick up this torch and, and do similar things at their clubs. You know, because I think it, it, there's an opportunity there to, you know, because the, the club participation is down. There's there's an opportunity there to maybe add some new members and bring new faces into these archery clubs by putting on events like this, whether it be for veterans or for cancer or for sex trafficking. I mean, there's there's a ton of causes out there that, that break people's hearts, and I think if you start marrying that to archery, that that's where the magic happens. And I think I think we can raise some money and and help some people outside of our sport and grow our sport in the process. Yeah, you've summed it up nicely. Thank you. Um, and we planted a seed early on at the before we hit the record button. And uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say, someone like yourself, for a most memorable hunt. I'm, I don't know how easy it would be for you to come up with one. It sounds like you are the type of person that might have many, but we'd love to hear what stands out most in your mind surprisingly I don't I mean everybody looks at me and thinks oh man you you own an archery business you got to have a trophy room you know the size of my house and that's that's not the case I mean the that 1996 era to to 2016 I mean that 20 year gap there where we really kind of our business shot up um I I was gone you know four to six weeks out of the winter traveling to trade shows promoting the business and so when fall came around, I wasn't the kind of guy that was going to apply for tags all over the place and be gone hunting for, for a month or two. I just, I was kind of a homebody and, and like sleeping in my own bed. So that being said, um, I, I primarily whitetail hunt here in central Wisconsin. That's just my thing. And I'm, I'm happy and content to do that. I don't have a, I don't have a lot of big bucks on the wall, but, um, last fall, I've got 80 acres here. That's been in our family for probably since the late 1800s. Uh, it had been wow. divided off and sold, but, but my dad was fortunate enough to get 80 acres of it. And um, I'm in the process of acquiring the, the 80 to the north of us here uh, this fall after season's over. So I'll have 160 acres. But um, I had a buck two years ago um, that I was after. He was a three-year-old at the time, probably 135, 140-inch deer maybe. Um, saw him once, but was never able to connect with him during bow season and um, knew that he made it through and then last fall, um, I typically don't start hunting till about the middle of October. My, my allergies are just wicked. So, um, and I'm not a big warm weather fan either. So I, I like waiting for the leaves to turn and, and a few frosty mornings to, to pass before I start hitting the woods too hard. So I think it was about the 20th of October before I started hunting last year, but then I'm, then I'm at it until the season's over. And, um, I believe it was my first night out. I saw that buck. He stepped out in my bean field and, uh, I mean, he was 80 yards away and just grazed across the beans. And, um, long story short, I had six encounters with that deer last year on that bean field with my bow. And the closest I ever got him was 50 yards. 
and um, I keep a spreadsheet probably like a lot of guys do that, you know, just logging their hunts. And it was November 22nd and it was the 22nd sit of the season for me. And I, I even told my wife before I went out hunting with everything I'm doing for veterans, I'm like 22 a day. I said, this is, this is it. I'm going to, I'm going to kill this buck tonight. It's, it's, it's going to make an awesome story and an awesome testimony for what I'm doing for, for veterans. And I'm going to be able to remember this for the rest of my life. And I went out that night and I did not see that deer. And I thought, well, I guess that, that that's not happening. So, um, I typically don't rifle hunt, but I, uh, this deer was, you know, he was 150 plus inch deer and four years old. I mean, that's, that's a rarity for, for central Wisconsin. So I didn't know how much longer he was going to be around. And so I decided to take my dad's 30 out six out. Um, kind of a funny story on that gun. We acquired that about 30 years ago. We had a gun and archery shop that was going out of business and the fellow didn't have any money to pay us, but our sales rep went in and, and horse traded for this 30 out six. So that's always been the, been, been the standing joke between my dad and I, it was the, it was the bad debts gun. So, um, just to kind of honor, to kind of honor him, I decided to take his gun out of hock. I hadn't, I hadn't rifle hunted for probably 10 years, but I figured, well, if that buck steps out in my bean field tonight at a hundred yards, he's, you know, I, I'm not going to have my bow with me, but I'm definitely going to have some lead and I'm going to, I'm going to put him on the ground at, at 45 years old. I didn't have enough big deer on the ball to be picky about what I was shooting him with anymore. So, um, I went out opening morning and sat for three or four hours. Didn't see him sat opening night and it was literally 20 to five. I mean, it was right before closing and I'm like, well, I guess he's not coming out. And I was just getting ready to pack up. Um, I've been hunting out of redneck blinds for the last three or four years. I absolutely love them. So, um, I, I was packing my, everything up in my blind and all of a sudden I look and this deer steps out straight across from me, 125 yards away. And it was him. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And I'm looking at my watch and I'm making sure that I'm still legal. And well, I got it in just, just under the radar. I, uh, I ended up shooting him at 125 yards and he, he just ran off the edge of the field and, and expired over in the neighbor's land um, that I've been leasing here for the last few years. So, um, and the cool thing was, is there's, there's still some other ham relation out there. So my cousins knew that I was after that buck all fall and no sooner did the gun go off and I get a text message from my cousin and he's like, did you get him? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. I think I got him. And, uh, the, those guys came over and, uh, and we found him and yeah, he was 153 inch 10 pointers, the nicest buck I've ever put on the wall. So, um, and pretty special to be able to take him with the, with the bad deaths gun. And so it was kind of a kind of an ode to my dad, I guess it just wasn't meant to be with a bull, but uh, definitely one of the, one of the most memorable hunts that I've ever had in, in my life. So. Thanks for sharing that with us. Very cool. We'll, uh, we'll get that packaged up with some uh, film scoring and we'll get it sent over to you. So you can have that. Uh, it's a fun That'd thing. That'd be cool. That, yeah. I've actually that got, we do. Uh, I, I didn't get a lot of good success photos of them, unfortunately, because one thing it was with, uh, with a gun, which doesn't diminish it in any way, but I mean, we recovered them after dark and, uh, funny thing was when I, I'll, I'll text you guys or email you guys the picture. Um, but it looks like Rocky Balboa hit me right between the eyes. I was, I was oh. so relaxed when I shot him that I wasn't hanging onto the gun too you well scoped. and I scoped myself. Oh no, <laughs> That's happened to my dad before. And, and what made you didn't even know what happened either. My like, dad, go ahead. my dad did that exact same thing in, uh, in Buffalo County about 30 years ago. And, and I'm, I'm still searching to find that picture, but he, now, now I have a matching scar to what my dad does uh, when, when we scoped ourselves on a couple right. of deers. So, the old lot six right. has got some punch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. That's a great story. Yeah. The, like I thought for sure you're going to tell me that. Oh yeah, and I got him on the twenty second, and then you're like, well, that didn't happen. I was like, oh man, okay. So what happened? Like you had me kind of hanging on the edge of my seat here, and I think it worked out uh, all for the better the way it went down it couldn't have played out any better. I mean, as much as I would have loved to have had him with my bowl, it would, it, this was just how it was meant to be. And, uh, I, my, my taxidermist is probably going to get mad at me for saying this, but he, uh, he normally takes about a year and a half to get an animal back, but I, I comped him a couple sites. So he's got my buck on the fast track. So I should be having him back here sometime in the next month or so. So I'm, I'm looking That'd forward to bringing him home and looking at him on the wall every night. Yeah, That's absolutely. fantastic. That's fantastic. And, and, you know, we'll wrap things up here. We'll bring the plane in for a landing, so to speak. Um, you know, we do a quarterly giveaway. Uh, so we just had our first one. We, we launched it in March, excuse me. And then we, we just announced our winners last night. There were six of them. It was a ton of fun. Greg and I can't read each other's handwriting. So it was a bunch of goofing around. Uh, pulling names out of hats that we couldn't read. But, you know, 
it sounds like you might be open to uh, throwing some some swag into that for the next one, which we'll announce the winner for on September 30th, which is a good timing if you think about just deer season and bow hunting in general. Um, so I don't know if there's anything that you think might be a good fit for that. Uh, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, no, that, I mean, that Tetra site, we've got a few different models, but our, our kind of our um, mid-range Tetra, you know, that, that site retails for around 250 bucks. So I'd love to, I'd love to throw one of those into the ring for one of your listeners. And I'll, uh, you, you said swag too. So we'll, uh, to, to promote our veterans nonprofit, we'll throw in an HHA USA hat and a t-shirt as well of their, of their size along with that. How's that sound? That That's sounds awesome. great. Thank you. That's we'll gracious. Write, we'll have to write that down so we don't forget. Uh, specifically, but yeah, so folks, like if you're not part of the giveaway, uh, there's a link in our bio, click giveaways and you can enter and, uh, this'll be one of the, it's the first product we're announcing for that. We have some others that we're cooking up and it's going to be an exciting one. So, uh, Chris, thank you for that. That's pretty cool. No, you're welcome. I appreciate it again. appreciate the opportunity you guys having me on here and sorry it, uh, it took a few hits and misses to finally get me here. So. No oh, apologies at all. all. Yeah, it's, it's all it's, good. We're, we're honored to have you on and um, we appreciate everything that you're doing for, for vets and for hunters and for the industry. And um, you know, you're making, you're making waves in a good way. So thank you. Um, but yeah, with that, we'll, we'll end the live, the live broadcast before we go, let's just be sure we tell folks uh, where they should go to find you. Uh, and, and, and HHA and all that you're doing. You bet. Yeah. I mean, our, uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram for both our HHA sports, uh, you know, our for-profit website. So HHAsports.com and then uh, just launched a beautiful website for HHAUSA.org. Um, and that's got all of our events listed on it. You can actually get uh, tickets for events right on there. So our full schedule's on there. We, uh, I, I kind of stole this from the Honor Flight Network, but we don't call them shoots. We call them missions. So nice. uh, we've got eight missions up there. And, uh, yeah, five, five down, three to go for this year. It's been a, it's been a busy stretch. It seems like, uh, yeah, I've had three shoots. I have three shoots and four weekends. We took Father's Day weekend off. But other than that, I'll be, uh, I'll be over in Wapaka. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, if any of your listeners want to come out to that shoot, it's it's hands down one of the coolest courses around. So um hope to see a few people there. Love to love to shake some hands and talk about uh talk about archery, talk about veterans and um yeah, uh, again just uh just appreciate the opportunity to come on here and, and thank all the all the HHA fans out there for all the support over the years. Rock on. And Guys, gals, if you haven't heard of these, if you haven't heard of HHA, I'd be, I'd be shocked. However, if you haven't, uh, you know where to find them now. Uh, Chris, thanks again for your time on the show. We're going to end the live feed. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Thanks again, Chris, for being a guest on the show today. HHA Sports is a fantastic company, and I'm really, really thrilled that uh, y'all are going to be part of the giveaway for our September giveaway. It's, it's pretty cool. It's very exciting. That's a, a very gracious offering. So uh, one of the first companies that we're kind of announcing that's going to be part of that next giveaway. There's plenty more lined up behind that. So stay tuned. You can learn more by clicking on our link in our bio from Instagram and going to uh, the tab that says giveaways, or you can go to www.wheretohuntapp.com and there's a new page that says giveaways. You can learn more there. Also, uh, if you want to join that, just follow the link to Patreon, subscribe, and uh, that'll put you in the drawing for our September giveaway. We did launch our new segment, Tactic Talks, um, last week, I believe. We did our first episode uh, with uh, Zach Farenbaugh with the Hunting Public, and it was a great. I think it was a great episode. It was 15 minutes of really quick. Uh, clips, they're no longer than 15 minutes. So I'm a bit of a, a time Nazi when it comes to those. I'm interviewing these guests and uh, I, I guarantee we will not have an episode over 15 minutes. They're right to the bone, to the meat of the topic. We don't BS. There's no pleasantries or introductions. It's just boom, right into the tactic. And the way we're rolling it is we're trying to talk to guys and gals that are getting it done that may or may not be in the spotlight of the community, so to speak. Uh, maybe they're floating under the radar or haven't been on a podcast before. So really trying to get to the regular guys and gals like uh, our listeners, even if they want to contribute, let us know. Um, we'll, we'll talk to them. But essentially, we're trying to map it to the season so it can be as real-time-esque as possible. Right now, we're filling the can with a lot of early season tactic talk. But as we uh, get further into it and get into October lull, pre-rut, post-rut, late season, um, postseason, all of that stuff. Uh, that's what we're going to be trying to target and identify and talk about in quick, 
uh, sound bites 15 minutes or less. So that's what that is. Stay tuned. Then we'll post the next one uh, actually tomorrow, Thursday. And then we'll do an, I can't talk tonight. We'll do another memorable hunt this weekend. So pretty neat stuff. We're just rocking and rolling. If you have any feedback for us, uh, we'd love to hear it. Additionally, uh, if you want to give us a review, you can do that on iTunes. Give us a rating and a review to give us that feedback, good or bad. We'll take it. Happy to have it so we can continue to improve, but we're doing so much stuff to try to make this really the community of public land hunters, even though it's the OKS podcast. And be sure to check out our partners page too and support our sponsors. Uh, we, we appreciate that. They help kind of uh, make this stuff happen. Make the, we invest all that money back into equipment, mics, uh, mixers, cameras, all that stuff. So we try to make it a better experience for everybody and we'll continue to grow. All right, guys, gals, my tip of the week this week is have fun this weekend. Enjoy the vacation. Happy 4th of July. Stay safe.